Well, hey, whoa, whoa. welcome to episode two of the Off the Lead and Out of My Mind Lent Edition podcast series. <laughs> I'm your host, Fran McCone. Dip, 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 <laughs> I asked for feedback and I got it. My little brother, uh, who's out in Qatar, or Qatar as he relentlessly keeps informing me it's pronounced, sent me a text message yesterday basically asking, Was I alright? And the reason he asked that was because he listened to the episode and basically thought that I was a bit down or something. And hopefully it's only because he's so close to me that he even noticed that. And hopefully, you know, most listeners wouldn't have kind of gotten that, I don't know, somber, semi-depressed tone from my voice. Um, now, I can easily explain that by the fact that it was recorded at half four in the morning and I hadn't got a coffee into me. So just goes to show how beneficial the bit of feedback will be. And is. From now on, I'm just going to try and make sure that I'm in a better frame of mind. I'm going to have to, I don't know, watch something fucking funny before I make a recording. Or just make sure that I'm not groggy. I'm not in bad form. I'm not angry. Well, I might include a couple of angry podcasts. But generally be more aware of my mood before I record a podcast. And there's fucking, there's, there's wisdom buried in that somewhere there. Because that's basically what emotional, emotional intelligence is. It's this idea of being aware of who's holding the controls. Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it, you know, which emotion is running the fucking ship? And lest I fucking forget to mention it, if you haven't seen the, I don't know if it's a Disney or Pixar or whatever it is, it's an animated movie called Inside Out. Just watch it. Download it illegally. Go buy the fucking... CD or whatever, maybe it's on Netflix, I don't think so, but you know, fucking find it and watch it. The premise of it is basically what I just outlined there. There's The story revolves around a little girl, I think. Yeah, a little girl. And inside the girl's head is almost like a Starship Enterprise cockpit kind of layout. So you've got a, a room with a load of computers and a load of screens and a load of seats. And you have, you know, the captain and you have all the, the other guys working on the on the deck, on the board, say. And basically the premise of the story is there's, let's say, six characters. One character is the little girl, and then the other five characters are characters that are in her head working on this deck, say. And each one of them, at different times of her day, take control, become the... What's the word? Become the, 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 not the leader, become the captain of the ship, say. So those characters are emotions. So one of them is anger, one of them is sadness, and one of them is joy. And when the little girl is rowing with her dad in the movie, and she gets really pissed off, anger grabs a hold of the controls and starts pressing on the fucking buttons and being really fucking angry. And the girl then, obviously, is an angry girl. And it just, it just so eloquently and visually impressively succinctly depicts how we're controlled by our emotions so inside out is the name of the movie go and download it or buy it or whatever watch it watch it with your kids watch it if you're 10 watch it if you're 100 it's just it's a fantastic movie to just get across this idea that we're generally controlled by our emotions and i suppose more to the point that we needn't be we can become aware that we're fucking really angry or sad and then do something about it. And that, generally speaking, is emotional intelligence. 
So it just goes to show that that one little bit of feedback not only has helped me improve every podcast going forward, but it's a, another reminder to be just a more, just to be more aware. That's what it all boils down to is kind of awareness. And again, probably the most recurring theme in, in these recordings that I've been making with other people, and indeed the one I made yesterday and today, this being 2 of 40, is that we create our own reality. And that's absolutely going to be a, a separate standalone episode of the, the 40 episodes for the, for the Lent edition. This, this idea that we create our own reality. I could kind of talk off the top of my head about it now, but I'd sooner get down a couple of really good grounded points to really hammer home the, the concept, to, to give it its, its full credit, its, its due. But I, I think something that's worth remembering, and maybe this is what this episode is going to be about, this isn't as planned out as I would have liked to have when I was thinking about it yesterday, but look, that's the beauty of kind of committing to something and committing to doing something every day. It's not going to be perfect, and it never fucking would have been no matter how much time I would have spent scripting it or making notes or bullet points. And there's, there's a fucking life lesson in there. Done beats perfect. There's another one of those little sayings that I love. Done beats perfect. Perfectionists never finish anything. I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist. And a way of knowing that you're a perfectionist, or at least a bit of a perfectionist, is that you will have unfinished projects in your house. You'll have a drawing in a drawer that's half finished. You'll have the end of a carving that you started but never finished. You'll have all these plans to do stuff but you'll never have done them. And the reason that you've got all this unfinished stuff is that in your mind, the way you're thinking is better it unfinished than bad or not as good as you would have liked. And this is where the idea of incremental improvements comes in another thing that i'm a a huge huge fan of and can't stress enough incremental improvements so finish all these projects and finish them poorly so done beats perfect just finish them put them behind you look at them objectively and say that could have been a lot better but then the next time you go and do something learn from why what didn't turn out the way you wanted to didn't turn out the way you wanted to and try and implement that going forward And don't be disheartened that you do two or three things and you're not perfecting anything. You're never going to perfect anything because as you get better at doing whatever it is, writing, reading, running, weightlifting, no matter what it is, no matter how better you keep getting, you're always going to want for it to be better. Your bar for what is perfect increases all the more, the better you get at something. So perfection, by definition almost, is is unattainable. So in summary of sorts, done beats perfect because perfect isn't achievable. And again, just to keep relentlessly banging out all those little sound bites that I love, in relation to incremental improvement, I think that we we drastically underestimate what can be achieved in a long period of time and drastically overestimate what we can achieve in a short period of time. And I fall victim to that plenty. And an example of how I do that and how I do it on an ongoing and fucking daily basis, maybe maybe this will re- relate to you in, in some sense, but one thing that I'll do is I'll get up in the morning and I'll go, right, fuck, okay, today, I'm going to have to clean out the shed. I'm not going to go mad, I don't want to perfect it, I just want to clean it out. And I have to make that delivery and I have to sweep up that stuff that's in the corner of 
my work. That's fucking bugging me. Oh, better do me invoicing as well and get that fucking statement out because I have to get paid. And when I get back, before I have my dinner, I'm going to mow the lawn. And if I got a run in, that'd be a bonus. And then, of course, you know, you do one or two of those things and you get fucking depressed that you're a fucking loser. At least I do. Maybe that's me. But I can see how I can see how this would happen to other people. And look, generally speaking, if it's happening to me, it's happening to a couple of hundred million other people. We are all different. We are all individuals. You know, we are all our own autonomous things. We can't and shouldn't be kind of pigeonholed and considered as part of whole swaths of people. But we are human beings. So our differences are many, but I think only on the, on the micro level. On the macro level, you know, practically none of us like getting punched. Depends on the setting, obviously. But, you know, we, we don't, I don't know anybody who likes getting stung by nettles. I don't know anybody who grows nettles so that, you know, every morning they get up and brush themselves off with a nice big stinging leaf. You know, so we don't like pain. We do like joy. We don't like sadness. These are, these are universals. We all have them and we all have them in spades. But getting back to incremental improvements, doing something every day is a great fucking start. And I think push-ups is a fucking really, really, really good example. Like I was saying yesterday, make yourself do 20 push-ups or 20 fucking squats or whatever the fuck it is, okay? Pick an exercise that you suck balls at. Don't pick something that you're already kind of handy at. Don't try, for, for Lent, if you're trying to do something every day, try not to perfect something because, as I said earlier, it's, it's unattainable. Get something that you fucking suck balls at. And here's one for you. Most people can't throw for shit with their left hand. I know I can't. And maybe I'll do that this time around as well because I didn't meditate for 20 minutes yesterday. And with the day I have ahead of me, I'm not going to do that either. So, fuck it. Cut my losses. Bin that. Pick something else. I'm going to throw stuff with my left hand. I'm going to get a ball or a brick or fucking something. And I'm going to just throw it five times with my left hand as hard as I can against a wall or something. Roll up a fucking pair of socks and fire that at the wall in your sitting room or your kitchen. Do it ten times with your left hand. Your weak hand, obviously. If you're left-handed, use your right hand. Do that every day. Throw something as hard as you can every day for 40 days and see the fucking improvement. And the improvement won't be just in how well you can throw something with your left hand. But it will balance up your entire body. Because that, that's another thing that I've become increasingly aware of is that we're so lopsided in so many different ways from carrying school bags when we were kids to just being predominantly either right or left-handed, you know, over the decades, always carrying something heavy on one side of your body, like, that has to put pressure on your spine, on your hip, on your neck, and you're off balance, I think, massively so. And I've only actually learned recently that, and it makes so fucking so much fucking sense when it's explained to you, I read that having a wallet in your arse pocket, so let's say in the back pocket of your jeans, is not only terrible for, you know, for your hips, say, or your arse, but it's actually terrible for your entire body because it, it, it jolts you slightly. And I have a background in a lot of driving between doing deliveries and repping when I was on the road and commuting to Dublin. So I've spent fucking an ungodly amount of time sitting down with a fucking block of wallet underneath my right arse cheek. 
And when I read this article explaining how detrimental this can be for your posture and your health and just, just everything, I said, I, I get into the habit of taking it out. And I have. I, I've started putting it in my, in my coat pocket now when I'm driving. And what I've noticed is I'm fucking sore. I put that wallet back in my arse pocket, sit down, I'm comfortable. I take it out and I'm uncomfortable. It feels like the right side of me is almost in a little divot. It's as if somebody pulled the stuffing out of the right side of the seat of the chair in the car, like the, the seat of the, of the seat set. So when I'm driving now without it, it's fucking sore. But it's getting progressively less sore as I think my entire body is kind of sinking back into its more natural state. And again, it's just a sign of an incremental improvement. I'm not going to be able to correct 10 years of a bad habit by, you know, a fortnight or even 40 days and 40 nights of having my wallet in my fucking coat pocket as opposed to my arse pocket. But that's not to say that come this time next year or maybe in five years, like in five years time, I'll be 39 and I'll have, let's say, a perfect posture as opposed to being 39 and having compounded what was already wrong with me by another five years and maybe going past the point of being able to repair it naturally. So I suppose that's a, a good micro example of, of incremental improvements. Changing something about, you know, where you put your wallet. Could be just as simple as that. Throwing a fucking ball with your weak arm. But just pick something you suck at. Better still, pick something you can't fucking do. Right with your left hand. You know, pick the verse of a song that you like and write it with your left hand every day for 40 days. And that's actually really fucking cool because you can see it. You can literally see it. And then at the end of the fucking 40 days and 40 nights, post up on fucking Facebook or even just show your friends or just keep it for your own. Just keep it for you. How you wrote it on the first day and how you wrote it on the last day. Fucking frame it and put it up on the wall because it will just go to show you what can be achieved if you just put your fucking mind to it. And do it. And again, like I was saying with my chocolate vegetable analogy yesterday. You're not giving up anything. You're, you're doing something. So you could get up in the morning. First thing on your to-do list is write your name with your fucking left hand. Pick your fucking name. Just your name. Just write your name with your left hand. And compare that in 40 days, having written it 40 times over 40 days. And look, if you can squeeze in, maybe you want to cheat a little. Maybe you want to write your name fucking 50 times throughout the day. Maybe, you know, you're at an office and you can just, you know, when you're on the phone doing telesales or whatever the fuck you do, maybe you could just write your name relentlessly with your left hand. Maybe you, should, maybe you could say to yourself, fuck, let's see how different my writing with my left hand could be at the end of 40 days. Like the absolute minimum is just doing something every day with your left hand once. But if you want to up that slightly, then up it. But don't, don't commit to writing an essay with your left hand. Like committing, committing to too much gets back to this idea that we overestimate what we can do in a short space of time. You're not going to be ambidextrous at the end of 40 days. It's just not fucking happening. But you're also not going to be ambidextrous at the end of 10 years of not fucking trying anything. You would be ambidextrous meaning you can write with your left or right hand, or basically you don't have a dominant hand, say. But given enough time, you absolutely can make yourself ambidextrous. It's just a matter of fucking practice. And that, again, is a good example of how we overestimate 
what we think we can do in a short space of time and underestimate what we can do in a long space of time. Holy shit, this is getting kind of rambly. Bringing it back to incremental improvements. A good friend of mine and of the show and previous guest, Pat O'Reilly, I'm not entirely sure why, but got it into his head he was going to start running every day. Fuck, this is about maybe two months ago. I must actually, I will get Patter back. I'd love to get Patter back on. And I'd love to speak, if nothing else, about the bit of running that he's been doing. I might even actually ask him, would he be on for doing a, you know, a half hour podcast? Just about the running. Just to see, you know, what was it that kind of gave him the kick up the hole. And to give you a bit of background about Patter's um, athletic capabilities. Up until he started running, he didn't have any. You know, a, a busy guy, a kind of wiry guy with a fast metabolism, never really put on weight, always going, not a man to stand still, not a man to, you know, spend days in front of the couch, to kind of a, a jittery cunt, always fucking up and about and going and doing it, a non-stop kind of cunt. So he was never kind of, he was never lazy and he was never overweight and he was never really unhealthily unfit. But I went running with him, fuck, it must be 15 years ago. We you know, ran to the shop and back and he puked his guts up everywhere because the, the, you know, the diet over time wouldn't be great. Work shift work, so there's a lot of kind of working nights and then being off and working nights again and he's, he's messing with his, his Arcadian rhythm. and Health-wise, there's a lot of things that aren't all that fucking great there. But anyway, he was asking me for a bit of advice because he, he basically committed to it. Another great thing to do, tell someone you want to do something and then go do it. I'll get back to that. But he basically asked me, you know, what would be a good way to start? Or he, he didn't really know. Like most people when they try and do something they've never done before, they haven't a fucking clue. And I'm no different. When I go starting to do something, I don't know what I'm fucking at. But, you know, you ask around, you get a bit of advice or not. Maybe you just fucking dive in and do it. Kind of like what I ended up doing with this podcast today for 40 days. Um... But anyway, he asked me, you know, what would be a good way of going about it? I said, look, Patter, pick a, pick a number in your head, a time, minutes, that you reckon that you could um, continuously walk or jog or run. Just pick a time. Say it's 10 minutes. So, right, get that number in your head first. Now, this isn't advice that I'm giving to other people. This is just what came to mind at the time, and it seems to have worked for Patter to a degree. I said, pick a time. Say, say you, can, you reckon you can jog for 20 minutes. Head out your driveway. Run for 10 minutes in a direction, so half whatever time you reckon you can run. Run for that length of time. If you end up running for two minutes and then having to walk, so be it. But have the time in your head, have 10 minutes in your head or half the time that you think you could sustain it for and pick a direction and go in that direction by walking, crawling, sprinting, whatever you have to do. And once you get there, come home and walk, run, sprint, whatever it is and get your ass back home. And that's day one done. So the next day you work, whether it's the next day or maybe every second day or whatever you choose, do the exact same thing. Head off in a particular direction for the same amount of time. But maybe you'll get a little bit further. And maybe the next time you do it, you'll want to get a little bit further. Keep the timeline the same. So you're still only taking up 20 minutes out of your day. And another bit of advice to give the patter, which, and I think this is, this is a cool one there for anybody listening. Pick something that you do every day anyway. 
Showering is a good example. Most people would shower every day. So if you want to get in a 20-minute workout every day, try and do it before you get into the shower. So let's say if you shower in the mornings, 7 o'clock every morning. Get up 20 minutes fucking earlier. Go out your fucking gate or your door or wherever you live. Run in a particular direction for 10 minutes. Run back as best you can and jump into the shower as normal. And there's 20 minutes out of your day. It's not a second shower. It's not a, you know, a second change of clothes. It's, it's no big fucking deal. Okay? Incremental improvements. And that's your starting point. Start with that and basically fucking see where it goes. And lo and behold, it's fucking two months later, I think, since Spanner started. He's out running 5k every day. 5 fucking k. 5 kilometers every day. It hasn't been without its fucking fuck-ups. He thought that he had a dodgy run. He just knew by whatever way he was running. He just he didn't feel like he was doing it right. And he went to um, at one of the fucking runner shops and got a gait analysis done. And they basically said, look, you do have a fucking crazy fucking run. You need this insole and this insole and you need a foam roller and you know everything else. And now this is just patter, but he ended up spending something like 200 quid on special fucking runners and insoles and foam rollers and all sorts of shit to correct what was wrong with him. But better he fucking correct what was wrong with him. Better he knows, better he know there's something to be corrected than end up, you know, in the physio with a pain in your fucking arse when you're 50 and for him to tell you, oh yeah, sorry, but you've got a bad dose of arthritis because you have a, a dodgy gait and, you know, if I'd gotten this fucking 10 years earlier, we might have been able to do something for you. But, you know, you're looking at a fucking degenerative condition and you need a hip replacement and you're never really going to walk properly again and you're fucked. And as sad as that is, that's basically what happens to people. They, they go through life with, you know, a bit of a niggle and they just kind of brush it off, especially men. You know, they brush it off. They don't go to the fucking doctor or the physio or every little fucking thing that's pissing you off. And, you know, nine times out of ten, that's probably the right approach to take. But it's that once out of ten that ends you up with a fucking debilitating injury. But Pallor, to his credit, got up the fucking gumption, walked into the shop, basically said, uh, how are you getting on? I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing, but I'm fairly sure I'm doing it really badly. You know, can you help? And there are people out there left, right and centre that will help you. And I'm fucking one of them. If you're worrying about something or you're not sure about something, send me a fucking email. I'm not inundated with messages from people. I'll give you a fucking dig out as best I can. And most people have an area of expertise that they can give somebody else a dig at. Like, if, if you're coming to me with a problem, I might say, fuck, man, I haven't a fucking clue what to say to you. But try this guy or try this website or go here or go there. There's no one person that has the answer for fucking most things, never mind everything. There's no one person that has answers for lots of things, never mind fucking everything. But we all have that little bit of nugget. We all have that little nugget, that little something that we've learned along the way that we can share with people but and maybe it's an Irish thing I don't know if it's only an Irish thing because I haven't travelled enough to know whether or not it is but there's this idea that you you can't or shouldn't try and advise somebody on something that you might be an expert on for fear of kind of throwing your intellectual weight around like I, I might see somebody and they might be doing something wrong say I don't know just a off the top of my head analogy or example somebody's lifting weights in the gym and they're doing it really badly. Now, I, don't, I know practically nothing about lifting weights, but I would be able to spot somebody who's doing it terribly badly. And for me to approach that person and go, sorry, man, but you're at that. just to give you a heads up, you're doing it wrong, basically. 
that number one, it takes a certain amount of kind of balls to kind of approach a stranger and do something like that. But even with people, with people's friends, like I know friends of mine who are clearly doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. But there's an element of it not being my place to go over and, and say it to them. And I don't know, there's, there's something about that. Like if, if you really are informed and you really know what you're talking about and you, a friend of yours is doing something that's detrimental to their well-being, look, it's, it's incumbent on you to figure out a way of, of getting that information across. Maybe telling them outright isn't the way to do it. Maybe they're just that type of person they'll rile up and tell you to fuck off and keep your fucking nose out and who do you think you are. But if they are that type of person... Maybe there's a roundabout way of, of helping it, of, of helping that person. And we need to start, I think, making more of an effort to give each other a fucking dig out. And look, I gave Patter a bit of a dig out with my advice on, on running and that, something that I know a, a little bit about. And Patter's given me fucking advice on all sorts of everything. Like, as I think is evident in the, the conversation that we had, he's a union representative for where he works. And before I started chatting to Patter about unions, I had a really, really negative opinion of unions. I saw unions as people who just got in the way, people who downed tools, people who were a pain in the employer's arse. And Pader explained the fucking country. Pader explained that having a unionised staff is synonymous with not needing a HR department. And it's just, it, it's a different spin than he was, that he was able to put it on for me. Another example of... of hearing things with a different spin I've been hearing for years that um, what's it called vinyl vinyl music is far superior to CDs and digital and all the rest of it and myself and, and Cormac O'Keefe Beef we spoke about this in the first episode and I think it's because my youngest brother Pat listened to me talking to Beef about vinyl that we subsequently ended up talking about vinyl and he explained vinyl to me in terms that I understood he basically explained that Using digital, using binary, using um, ones and zeros, computer language basically, to recreate noises, you can't do as good a job as you can printing onto something physical, which is basically where vinyl comes in. And I'm not doing the job, I'm not doing his explanation justice, but his explanation, just it resonated with me. Now again, a hundred different people have tried to tell me in a hundred different ways. But sometimes you just need somebody to spin it to you in a way that kind of sinks into your fucking head. And the beauty, I think, of the conversations that I'm having with people is I'm not an expert in any of the things that I've spoken to anybody about. Like that guy, Anthony Murphy, my previous guest from Mythical Ireland. I could have went down a Mythical Ireland ship rabbit hole before I came down and learned all about the tooth of the Danon and all about Seed and Abroiga and all New Range and the Ice Age and, and all these different things that we only really barely touched on. But if I had done that, I would have asked him questions above and beyond the majority of people listening to me. And I don't want to do that. I want to stay on the same kind of plane as the people listening. And as I improve, I love to think that my audience, for want of a better term, or my listeners, kind of improve with me. In the same sense that I've done with, with um, Joe Rogan, I have to say, I never found that he spoke too far ahead of me. He was always a little bit ahead of me in, in things like nutrition and exercise and, and psychedelics and hunting and a few bits and pieces, but never too far. So I, I was always able to kind of catch up with him 
and I feel like I've excelled past him on a couple of different things and I'm way behind him on a couple of other different things. And I love the idea of offering that out to predominantly an Irish audience because I think even if I was to just literally repeat the words of Joe Rogan in an Irish accent, there's something to that. There's something that makes it more tangible, makes it more listenable too. I think even my accent gives the same words a slightly different spin maybe. Holy shit, I'm waffling. Anyway, incremental improvements. Don't underestimate their utility. Seriously. Little fucking baby steps. And Lent, I think, is... Like, Lent should be fucking nearly renamed Incremental Improvement Month or something like that to hammer home this idea that if you just write your name with your left hand every day for 40 days, do 20 push-ups, you know... Do these little things and use this as an opportunity. This is day two of 40. Use this as an opportunity to prove to yourself how incremental improvements work. It's a 40-day fucking trial. You'll be reaping the benefits of this for the rest of your fucking life. So do your push-ups. Write with your left hand. Throw with your left hand. Try something different. Try something new. I really genuinely hope you're enjoying these conversations as much as I'm enjoying recording them. And I'll chat to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.